Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So you're new to fantasy basketball. Somebody sent you an invite. You follow the link. You create your team name. You even check out a custom logo. And then you realize, just like fantasy football, there are different formats in fantasy basketball. In this episode, my special guest is about to put you on to game and give you everything you need to know about Roto Leagues in fantasy basketball. Welcome to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball podcast. The weekly show dedicated to helping fantasy managers like you crush your league and bring home multiple championships. Now, your host, Robin Marks. We believe every NBA fan who plays fantasy football should also play fantasy basketball. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code Believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dan Bespris is one of my favorite fantasy basketball analysts. He has a voice that cuts through speakers with elite ninja level value and precision. He is the assistant general manager and director of multimedia sales at Sports Ethos and the host of one of my favorite shows, the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, my man Dan Bespris is in the Believe in Fantasy portal let's do it what's up Dan? that was i mean that was the kind of intro you dream of man that was incredible i have there's no chance i live up to the things you just said <laughs> you gotta like take me with you and when you walk in a room i'll just be like dan bespis the ninja <laughs> like, that would be amazing if i ever left home so <laughs> the only rate limiting step is i never leave this place the kids go the kids come back and i yell about fantasy basketball in between very nice. Well, I want to hear all about that. But before we do that, we got to get into this value, Dan. So I just want to jump right into Roto. You cool with that? Absolutely. I, You know I want to try to convert as many people as I can with the caveat that I understand people have a love of head-to-head -head basketball because they get to beat their friends up on a week-to-week -week basis. But I want to talk to everybody who values, and this is going to sound very Scrooge McDucky of me, but who values the money at the end of the year. That's that's what Roto is to me. 
and I'm ready to explain it in whatever order you think is best here. Let's do it. So let's go to the basics, basic level. What is a Roto League and how is it different from the other formats? And why should fantasy managers join one? All right. So the key about Roto, and I don't know if I'm doing the right sales pitch here, but it's the one I'm going to do, is it's very math heavy. It's an entire season of stats all accruing at the same time. So you're not in a week-to-week battle against some other team where the random fluctuations of your team's free throw. Like, we've all had a season, uh, or a week even, where we have DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler or whatever on your team, and you're like, I'm just going to win free throws every week. But for whatever reason, there's one week in January every year where both of those guys go like six for 18. It doesn't make any sense. And suddenly this team, you lose a valuable week. That you don't have to worry about in Roto because what matters is what these players do over the course of an entire season. You are not subject to variability in the same way. And perhaps my best argument of all on the Roto side, in addition to I just love seeing stats count over an entire year, is your league will not be determined by weird playoff rest days. And I mean, I always tell the same story. I had this team in a head-to-head league where uh, Trey Young was sort of the focal point of that team. And I don't think he'd missed. He made me miss two games the entire season. And then in my fantasy playoff semifinals, turned an ankle, missed two games. He was back immediately the next week because he's unbelievably durable and he plays through everything. But he skipped two games and my whole my team fell apart because I needed the guy that my team was built around. That type of stuff doesn't matter in a Roto League because everything that he did in the 77 or 78 games he played that year all still counts towards your final numbers. There's so much strategy to it. The season is long, so you have all this time to make tweaks. Trading is really easy, I find, in Roto because you're attacking specific things In a way, on the head-to-head side, nobody trusts each other, so trades don't happen as often. So come with me. Join me in Roto fandom. Come with me. Let your stats accrue for an entire season. You're battling everyone all at the same time, and the best team truly does win the pot at the end of the year. I love it. I hate that my leagues are constantly decided on the head-to-head side by random luck. I want my leagues decided by who does the best stuff all season long, drafting, pickups, all that. That's Roto. So talk to me about the progression of a player. So like someone comes over from fantasy football, they start off in a points league. Then they get a little more, you know, skilled and they go to a category. Do you think that Roto is the next step or those points players maybe should jump into a Roto before category? You know, I, I think I think you can make the leap. I, I feel like the 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 discrepancies, the jump there is kind of the same either way, like going from one format to another, you're going to have to learn a new way of playing regardless. So if you're jumping from points just straight to category and you're still in the week weekly matchup stuff, just take the whole plunge all at once. Because in my mind, Roto is actually easier once you kind of get used to it. And it'll probably take two or three months of tweaking and figuring things out. Or if you want to do a couple of free leagues, or one free league in the background while you're still doing all your other stuff, there is a learning curve to it. But in my eyes, I I don't think there's a reason to spend a whole year learning how to do a category head-to-head league and then spend another season figuring out how to translate that to Roto. If you go back far enough, Roto is the original type of fantasy sports. It was a fantasy baseball game to be like, if you go far enough back, and I get it, baseball is a league where everybody's thinking about 
how many home runs you hit over a season, how many RBIs you hit over a season. So that made sense over 162 games in a way with football. Maybe it didn't make the most sense because people, I mean, football there now there are more games, but a couple of years ago, there was one fewer and there is a lot of that luck, no matter what format you're in. So week to week, month to month, whatever, it's not quite the same thing. Basketball, there are enough games. There's 82 games in the damn season. You don't need the little three-game blip window of the week-to-week. Take the original game from baseball, port that over to basketball, figure it out over a few months, just the way I did the first time I did a Roto League. And I just, I don't know. I don't think people are ever going back right now because head-to-head, until we figure out how to fix every week after the NBA All-Star break, head-to-head's kind of broken right now. Mm. Interesting, interesting take. Why? Why do you why, why do you say that, Dan? It's because of the um, there's less games, and then you kind of have to balance it out. Why is it broken? Because I I believe we are like we've adjusted, and we're like to, not not just adjusted, but we're also like immune to it now. It's like we know it's gonna be all screwed up, uh, and we've accepted it. You know, yeah, I I just I can't accept it. I can't accept it. And I feel like every year more people are deciding just not to play fantasy sports because they hate the way it ends. And I hear these arguments that are like, oh, well, you know, it's like the real playoffs. If your guy misses a couple of games, you lose. Yeah, but the fantasy playoffs are not like the real playoffs because in the real playoffs, guys play through tweaked ankles and sore backs and whatever, you know, jammed finger that they've got going on where in March guys decidedly don't that's the time of the year where they're they're pushing the least hard outside of the like six teams that are fighting for the last play in or playoff spot everybody else is coasting that's not like the real playoffs the fantasy playoffs parallel the least competitive time in the fan in the fantasy reg- or in the reality regular season I guess I should say so Yes, a couple of tweaks you can make end your season sooner on the head-to-head side. That helps a lot. But now all of a sudden you have like a 17-week regular season. Are you really getting an accurate assessment of where teams belong? You kind of have no choice. That's like the only thing you can do on the head-to-head side now. You can try to make playoff weeks longer. You can create weekly games cap limits on head-to-head so zeros don't hurt you as much. Or you can just try a Roto League. Instead of doing 900 things to try to fix your head-to-head league, there's another type of league that's out there that's already ready to go for you where this stuff doesn't impact it. I'm going to continue to do a couple of head-to-head leagues. You kind of have to, and everybody's got like their boys from way back where you've got to play the league with them. Uh, but I hate the experience now. And mm-hmm. I, I just, like, we're going to keep doing tweaks. We're going to keep trying to fix it. But ultimately, Roto is the fairer league and if you got a decent chunk of money on the line, you want the winner to be someone who wins it in a fair way. That's my take on Roto, and hopefully that's enough to convince a few people. Mm, 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 mm. Man, well, I am going to be looking for a Roto League. So let's say I'm deciding that I'm going to jump in. I need some practical advice now, Dan. Can you help me with some key draft strategies for building a well-rounded team in Roto? Yeah, so a couple of things there. Um, One of them, and and this is actually a question that I'm jumping the gun a bit because I know it's actually on your list of questions for today, but I'm going to answer it as part of this one. In Roto, because injuries don't hurt you quite the same way, because typically if you're in a Roto league, you also have a limit on how many games you can play. It eliminates the necessity for folks to be streaming guys every single day. Your advantage is built on how good 
your key players are. So that allows you to draft slightly riskier players with the potential to be better on a game-to-game basis. And it's this hard thing to explain without getting pretty far into the weeds, and I don't want to slam everybody over the head with this, with the, the, deep, the deep rough, to use a golf analogy here. But someone like a Kawhi Leonard is a really good example of a player that in head-to-head leagues is avoided like the plague because you just don't want to have a guy who sits out a game. And you know if a back-to-back's coming up, he's missing one of them. So just accommodate that. But basically, if you got like a 19, 20-week regular season, you assume Kawhi Leonard is missing one game every single week, and he's not going to fit on an IL slot in the traditional sense. You can probably drop him into IL Plus if your league has that. But if they don't, you're stuck sitting on Kawhi zeros every single week. In Roto, the beauty of a games cap is that you drop Kawhi in for his 60 games or 62 games or whatever it is of hyper-elite production that you're drafting in the early third round this year, and you can make up the games he misses. He misses a game in January. You can drop a player into your lineup in March to cover up that lost game, basically, in a way where with head-to-head, at the end of a week, at the end of that night, in fact, if a player misses a game, you can't make up for it. It's just a zero, and you're going to have a tougher time winning that week. In Roto, you can go back. You can find somebody that's hot off the wire. You can pick up a Kawhi Leonard replacement if you wanted to and drop him into the mix. There's all these ways to accommodate missed games. And so in Roto, I think that actually expands the draft board, which is, in my estimation, more fun. More players are actually available to you if you want to draft them. Do you love uh, Jimmy Butler? Do you love Anthony Davis? Do you love Kristaps Porzingis? I don't know who people like to have on their team. These are guys that, on the head-to-head side, generally get drafted super late or not at all. And in Roto, you're hunting that per-game upside because a missed game doesn't hurt you all that much. Another quick tenet on Roto and how to succeed at it is understanding that the season is extraordinarily long. You want the maximum value per game, but you don't have to race all your guys out there. Don't start 13, 14 dudes at the beginning of the year. Start your best guys. Start your best eight or nine players. See what everybody else in the league is doing. You have six months to make up ground in games played in attacking categories as the year goes on. Third thing, and then I'm going to stop monologuing here. You asked about building a well-rounded team. That is one of the strategic elements that I think does take getting used to for folks jumping over to Roto, where in head-to-head, if in the middle of a draft, you realize you have a team that's extraordinary in five or six categories, on the head-to-head side, you'll often just keep drafting into those categories and lean into it to build a juggernaut in six categories. In Roto, you got to be good in at least seven to win. Probably eight. Nah, you're not going to be great in all nine. That's kind of impossible unless you're in a league with a bunch of people who've never played before and you're just boat racing them. You can punt. I wouldn't strongly recommend it on draft day. But in Roto, you do have to be a little bit more aware as you're moving through, not necessarily the draft, but through the season that you can't just blow everybody away in five categories because the best you can do in them is 12 Roto points. And you need to find a way to get points in the other categories as well via trade, via draft picks, whatever. Roll that all together. Bigger draft board, more fun, more time to mess with it. You don't have to end your league early. I think these are the ways that you can succeed in Roto as you're in sort of the getting used to it process. 
Mm -hmm. That's good. You talked about uh, being able to grab injured players. That's one thing that I've I've struggled with in fantasy is like those guys, the Kawhis, the Jimmy Butlers, guys who are going to play 50 games, even LeBron now. Right. Like I think in the last three years, he's averaged 50 something games. So talk to me about bench management in Roto Leagues and, and some tips on how we can maximize our benches impact. So the best way to think about this is to find out what your Roto League's game cap is set at. Uh, The Yahoo default is 82 per position. So 82 times 10 starting slots gets you to about 820. If you, and this again, we're getting to the math a little bit. If you assume that most basketball players right now, most of the fantasy relevant players are playing about 68, 69 ballgames a year, you're starting 10 gets you to a little under 700 of your 820 games played. So think of it this way. You need about 11 and a half current fantasy basketball full seasons worth of games. So you don't need to use your entire bench. You can use your starting nine or 10. You can rotate interesting players in and out of your bench. And that's how you get to that game's cap. But in terms of how best to utilize that bench, The best way is to be constantly hunting for players with a per-game ability in the 75 range or better. It's easier said than done, but that actually means it's okay if you don't start your whole lineup for a few days or a week or a couple of weeks while you're looking for that hot streamer that you can drop in and they'll roll at a top 75 clip for two, three days, whatever it turns out to be, or even if it's five, 10 games, something like that. So the real key in Roto is using your games cap and playing the guys that have the best per game potential as opposed to the guys like, and I pick on Harrison Barnes. He's always the example I use here. I don't know why I pick on Harrison Barnes. He's always like in a top 120 range, quietly plodding along, playing 75 to 80 games a year, very durable, not useful in Roto. I don't want to spend a games cap on somebody who's a top 125 type of player. I'd rather cast that player off into the waiver wire, waiver wire ocean and just be hunting anyone at all, night to night, every day, hunt the guy that can give you that powerhouse game, get him into your games cap, throw that on top of your the guys that you trust every single night to go out there and, and play really well. And that's how you use your bench. That's how you rack up the most stats using the fewest games possible. Man, I love that you're like hunting. Like when once we start talking about hunting in fantasy sports, I get very excited because it's that kind of feeling, right? It's like you're you're searching and trying to find and get ahead of the competition. So that's really, really good. Um, talk to me about mistakes or misconceptions that fantasy basketball managers make when they participate in roto leagues, and and how can fo- folks avoid that? Yeah, the things I've heard the most and why people are. I think perhaps a bit reticent to jump into the Roto pool. Uh, number one is they, they miss the fantasy playoffs and unfortunately Roto does not have that. So there, there isn't really a thing I can say that magically makes that better. Um, other than if you want to be a team that's playing hard and playing well all year and that to basically guarantee you win some money in your fantasy league, That's my sales pitch there. You're more likely to win money with a good team in a Roto League than you are in a head-to-head because you do eliminate the the variability, the luck element at the end of it. But yeah, there isn't that like, you know, stomach turning into knots, playoff, and just praying your guys stay healthy for one week kind of thing. So if you love that part, 
okay, there isn't a whole lot I can do about that. The other thing I hear a lot about Roto is that teams give up by the halfway point if they're down near the bottom of the standings, which I would actually say is quite the opposite scenario where on head-to-head, if you're at the bottom of the standings, maybe the, I think the, the point people are trying to convince me of is that, uh, oh, well, they can try to hunt the sixth seed. They can try to get just into the playoffs and then anything can happen, which I get it. But if you're at the bottom of your head-to-head league, how many times have you really made a run at the sixth seed and then won anything? It's extraordinarily slim. The way you come back in a Roto League is just the simple understanding that it is a very long season. Your Roto League goes to the very last day of the regular season. So you have a truckload of time to make things up, make shrewd trades. Are you at the bottom of your league in standings because other teams have played more games than you? Be aware of why you are where you are. And in fact, for me, I actually like to sit at the bottom of the standings after a month or two in my Roto League. I like to lag back 15, 20, 25 games, see what everybody else is doing, and that allows me to attack different categories as the season goes on. Hey, here's a place that I can gain two or three Roto points in rebounds with just the tiniest little adjustment. I love this story. Uh, It was, and now I, I honestly don't remember how many years ago it was because since COVID, I can't track time anymore. Uh, It was something like, I think four or five years ago, I had a really good Roto team and I think I was in second or third place and was coming down to the wire. And because I was about 10, 15 games behind the other teams around me, I was able to see that I could gain two points in rebounds in just a very small tweak to my strategy. Even though it looked like I was, you know, 150, 180 rebounds behind these other clubs. In reality, if I just started to average an extra like two to three rebounds a week, from different roster spots, I could jump those dudes as the season progressed. And so there was a stretch in March where I sat Damian Lillard in favor of Patrick Beverly just because I needed the extra like nine rebounds per week for two or three weeks in a row. And I gained those rebound points. And on the very last day of the regular season, because I ran the math out perfectly, I jumped over two teams from third to first and I won it. It was one of the greatest feelings because to go from winning like, 150 bucks to like 900 in in one afternoon was incredible. So uh, the season is not over in Roto. If you're near the bottom, I would argue you have a better chance to get back into contention. And another nice thing about Roto is you can split the pot a little bit more evenly. Where with head-to-head, nobody wants third and fourth place teams taking money because then they screw up the waiver wire situation for the teams fighting for first and second. In Roto, you can pay out first through fourth And that gets everybody playing until the end of the regular season, or at least until the last week or two, which again, that's not any different than head to head because your playoffs start three, four, five, six weeks to go. Teams are done by the end of February. Anyway, that's not different in Roto versus head to head. So uh, that to me, hopefully I can knock down some of the objections to at least trying the Roto side. Those are the things that I hear people complain about. And those are, well, at least for some of that, I guess some of that, those are explanations to how you can avoid So, Dan, this is where they get out their pens and papers. This is where you drop those gems. Can you share a few players that you're targeting in Roto this season? Yeah, absolutely. And I I thought about this because, again, you, you, you let me know that this question was coming. And I thought it might be interesting to tailor the answer more towards the front and middle of drafts because... I actually think the back end of drafts is where head to head and Roto strategy kind of comes together. Like once you get past pick, 
oh, I don't know what it is this season. It, it fluctuates by 10, 15 slots per year, but it's probably after like pick 95 or 105 range head to head or Roto. You're just, you're just, you're shooting for all upside at that point. Because again, with head to head, like who cares if you get some trudging player at the end, that's a player you're going to turn into a streaming slot anyway. And then with Roto, there's just no advantage to having somebody who's a low end plotter type where I think the difference is between head to head and Roto in how we target players is really through the top 75. And even if you really wanted to get down to it, it's like through the top 60, because that's where you can increase your risk factor on the game's missed side in Roto in a way that you just can't do in head to head. But at the same time, on the Roto side, you're also targeting players that you know have a more robust fantasy stat set. What I mean by that, and, and again, apologies for really getting deep into the weeds on this side of thing, is uh, Luka Doncic is a wonderful example of a player that makes way more sense on the head-to-head side than on the Roto side. So I know you asked me about players that I am targeting in Roto, and the first example I'm giving is someone who I'm not. Luka is great to build a head-to-head team around because he's hyper-elite in points, excellent in threes, very good in rebounding, particularly from a guard position, very good in assist, steals are solid. Even the field goal percent for Luka is pretty good for a guard. And then turnovers, free throw percent are quite bad for him. And that's the type of player you're looking for in head-to-head. You want somebody that's giving you big, big, big advantages in four, five, six categories, and you don't care how bad they are in a couple of other ones because you'll just build around what they're good at. So on the Roto side, that's the kind of player that actually hurts you more than he helps in a lot of ways, where you want to make sure that you're as good as possible in as many categories as possible. So it's much better to start your draft by building around someone who has a more well-rounded stat set. So what I'm looking at is, and we'll just, we'll start at the very top. If Luca's a player that I think is not a particularly good fit on the Roto side, guys near the top that I think are falling too far on the Roto side, someone like, like a Kyrie Irving is actually a really good example of this. Now, Yahoo has messed with me lately by moving him. His pre-rank was like 13, 14, three weeks ago, and they moved him up to eight on their most recent board but everybody still hates him on the head-to-head side, so he's still going to likely be the value in Roto. He's a guy who plays in the mid-60s in games in a good situation, but he's good at scoring, good at threes, fine at rebounding, decent at assists, good at steals, good at blocks for a guard, good field goal percent, great free throw percent, turnovers are not all that high. You're getting someone who is average to good in almost every category right out of the shoot, and you're typically able to get him a half round to a round later because it's a Roto league because you can work around that kind of thing. So that's the first example I wanted to give of guys near the top that maybe it doesn't make sense to folks that play a lot of head to head, but Kyrie's a guy who's getting drafted a little bit too late right now. And Luca for Roto, I want to make that very specific is a guy who's getting drafted a little bit too early. Similarly, as we move through and, and, there's kind of this overarching theme that I want to use. And it seems like maybe my webcam is on the fritz right now. So I want to apologize if that's happening and I'll just go to uh, audio only. Can you get, can you still hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Was it, was the webcam freaking out? Like I it, saw it, it was, was totally, I thought it was poltergeist. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the second time that's happened with my new computer, and I'm really upset about that. So I'm sorry to all of your viewers and listeners. I figure they'd probably rather just listen than see that thing freaking out on their screen. <laughs> it's all good. I don't know what happened there. That's incredibly unprofessional. I'm going to do the uh, very the tech savvy thing and unplug it and replug it in between uh, between shows today and see if that does the trick. But anyway, so just thinking again about how this strategically makes sense. Who do you target in Roto? Who do you not target? You're avoiding the guys that have obvious detriments in their fantasy game. And you're targeting the guys that don't have that big drop in stuff. And so for Roto, oftentimes, the guys that end up being really good values are either A, the guys that are hurt a little bit more than your average player, or B, Guys who are good in the categories that head-to-head players often ignore, which would be turnovers, field goal percent, and free throw percent. And the percentages are the ones that I think stand out the most in that. So let's get into the specifics a little bit more because I've monologued on strategy uh, more uh, too much in this one. So Kyrie's a guy on the good side. Luca's a guy kind of on the wrong side of that. As you move your way through the first couple of rounds, I think a couple other guys that I am targeting in Roto are guys like Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis, guys that are injury fears, but when they're upright, are top five per game players. And right now, with the way the board is built, you actually might be able to get both of them, which is absurd in Roto. To be able to build your team on that foundation, yeah, they're going to miss some games. It's going to happen, but you're taking care of almost every category in a big, strong way right out of the shoot with maybe the possible exception of threes. And we know we can make up for those later on because you're, I mean, you're so powerful in those two things. On the flip side of that, guys in the early rounds that make less sense for Roto are the guys that are getting drafted earlier because of their durability. Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards are guys that, I don't know that they clear the top 20 on a per-game basis, but they're getting drafted around 13 or 14 because head-to-head players feel really comfortable that they're going to give them 75 games. And I agree with that. I think they probably do give a pretty good chunk of games played this year. But again, in Roto, what you want are the guys that are giving you the biggest possible stats for each game they use against your game's cap. And what I hope I'm doing with this sort of circuitous answer to your very straightforward question is, teaching people the difference in how you draft for different formats. Pascal Siakam, better target in head-to-head. LeBron, actually, better target in head-to-head. Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, those guys, better targets in Roto as you work your way through the second, third round. Miles Turner, Kristaps Porzingis, great targets in Roto. Vooch, actually, I think probably an example of someone that could make sense on both sides, but... You're looking for these guys that where you draft them, you feel like their per game is not what you're at all worried about with them. Now, you can't take an injury-prone player in every single round. At some point, you're just going to fall too far behind in games played. So you can't can't go Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kristaps Porzingis, because now you're getting 60 games apiece out of your top four picks. But you could do it in two, maybe even three of those, and you just don't have to worry about it the same way because you're piling up all of these unbelievable per-game statistics. Uh, A couple of guys that are a little bit more durable that I think are falling too far in the mid-rounds, 
They're largely centers. I think Walker Kessler is going a little bit too deep right now after he was getting drafted in the 30s. He got dropped down to the 50s in Yahoo's latest rearrange. Uh, Nick Claxton is kind of in that same bucket as someone who we know on a per-game basis is likely to beat his mark, as is Jared Allen. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey is is destined to have a really good year because we're hearing that James Harden has no intention, really, of hanging out. And I think banking on some Portland Trailblazers to take a nice step forward is also a pretty good move because, yeah, maybe you get stuck with a little bit of drama at the beginning of the year, but Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, these guys are going to play. I'm not that worried about Scoot taking all of the usage away from them, especially not at the beginning of the year. And in Roto, because your stats accrue over the entire season, somebody who comes out of the gate really strong and maybe fades a tiny bit at the end of the year doesn't hurt you in a way that in head-to-head, you're often looking for guys that start slow and finish stronger. That's another cool thing about Roto where I'm almost done. I promise. Uh, Thinking about the Utah Jazz last year is a great example of this where you could have sort of bought in on Mike Conley and Kelly Olynyk and these older guys playing a lot the first half of the year. In head-to-head, those guys aren't getting drafted because everybody was worried about shutdowns, and reasonably so. In Roto, you can just take those guys and cash in for the first three months and then drop them halfway through because everything they did for you those three months is still a part of your rankings as the season goes on. And that is the end of a very long speech on a very short question. I'm so sorry for talking that long. <laughs> no apologies needed. You know, I'm all about the value. So like that, that is a lot of nuggets. And I know you have a, a, a show to do in a little bit. So why don't we just take a minute to have you share, you know, what's what's coming up next for you, what's going on in Sports Ethos on your podcast, and also share with the folks uh, your information so they could contact you or find you online. Well, I was hoping that the video would take care of that. But as you can see, my camera is still on the fritz. I tried. I failed. I'm so sorry about that. But you can find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. It's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I hope folks will listen to Fantasy NBA Today. Um, everybody knows I love Roto, but I do cover both formats on that show because you have to, you can't just, you, the more times I yell about Roto, I hope that I convince like one to 2% of my listeners to try it every single year. Uh, but head to head is still the dominant format of fantasy. So we'll cover all of that stuff. And right now we're going in depth on drafting. This is a punt week on the show. We're teaching everybody how to punt different categories. Uh, and then sports ethos is growing. If anybody is interested in being a part of what we're doing over there, we got ethos leagues, we're always looking for contributors. Uh, it's a really fun time of year, this ramp up. Dude, we're under four weeks from opening night. Can you believe it? It's crazy. I'm so excited. It's like I got a countdown timer. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> I wish I had a countdown timer. Although I, sometimes it's fun for me to look at the calendar. You know, I got a couple of kids. Everybody hears me talk about them on my show. Uh, you kind of lose track of what day it is when you're just like frantically trying to make sure your two children are alive and and doing the right things every day. And then sometimes you like blink twice, look at the calendar and realize, holy crap, it's October in four days. What a yes. great feeling, man. It's been a long off season. It really has. It really has. And I think for me, uh, just trying to create content in the off season for me, because I didn't really do that uh, in, in seasons past. And I really lo- like watched you and, and Josh Lloyd and like how you were consistent pumping out content. So that's that's the thing that kept me going. It's just like kept kept me researching, kept my mind fresh. So I'm, I'm super grateful for you for that. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I will say 
it's it's hard. There are some days you wake up and uh, and I think I may have even said it on my show, but there are definitely some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, what in the crap am I going to talk about on today's podcast? And I open X dot Twitter dot com and I just am like praying that some weird NBA news broke and I can do a show on that and it never does. But then you just dig deep, man. You just dig deep. You figure something out and you talk about it. And uh, as a former play-by-play guy, I I do love the sound of my own voice and I'm uh, I'm not afraid to admit that because <laughs> I'm <laughs> unabashed narcissist. So you know, sometimes you just start doing a podcast and you just Yo. listen to yourself yammer for 20 minutes. <laughs> And then you turn off the recording equipment and I walk away thinking, well, that was a horrible show, but you got to do it, man. Sometimes you just put out a bad one. Well, listen, let me say before you go um, that there were a couple of times in my journey as a listener of your show that you were kind of helping to carry me through. So I just wanted to make sure I, I let you know that. And and hopefully wow. I could do the same for someone. So, for example, when the pandemic hit, you know how that was. You know, so we were in the middle of fantasy season. Like, so I was listening to you, Josh, some of the other guys, um, you know, uh, round ball stew, Zach, and just like listening to to my normal, you know, flow of shows. But then when that happened, it kind of changed the conversation. So that's one moment. And another moment that you were there was when Kobe passed away. So when Kobe passed, like that, again, that was another moment where we were like, because it was all like, you know, Kobe passed and then the pandemic hit. So it was just a different moment for listeners. So I just wanted to make sure I uh, gave you some flowers on that and let you know that although it is hard and we wake up and do this thing that you're impacting people. And I'm a a testament to that. Well, thank you so much for saying that. That uh, that means a ton. I, yeah, the, just thinking about the the Kobe week, but like like I can still feel the hairs on my neck stand up a little bit. It was such a. I didn't know that I would be as impacted by that as I was, but I'm you know I'm an Angelino. I've spent the vast majority of my life in L.A., but he was a a, a persona that was a worldwide persona. But there was just something about. I think it was the fact that. You had the kids on the helicopter too. Yeah, I and, like, and you're a dad, so like I that's yeah. one of the thing with me. Like I was like looking at my kids, like oh my god, like yeah. I didn't believe it. Like my doorman told me we were leaving our apartment in New York City, and he was like Kobe died. I was like Kobe who? And yeah, I just couldn't believe it, and yeah, just brutal, man. I don't know if this happened to you, but when I was younger and I didn't have kids, I was able to do a really good job of just like pretending bad news didn't exist. And I can't do that anymore. Everything that happens in the world, I'm just like, what if that happened to my children? Yeah. And you don't. And I don't want to be that guy who's like, you don't understand this until you have kids. But I didn't. So I can I can as a testament to myself, I can say I didn't feel these things until I had children. And now, like I watch movies, which is not real. And kids are sick in movies, and I'm looking at it like, oh, that's awful. And I can't separate reality from from fake anymore because everything just goes back to like, what if this happened to me? Life was easier when I could ignore all of these things. But yeah, um, thank you for saying that. That that actually that means a ton. And the the pandemic was a brutal time for all of us, and like just anything that we could find to talk about. It was a nice break for me too, actually, to get on and do shows even if i was just looking at like covidactnow.org and trying to find out if i was going to be safe going to the market that week um yeah that was that was an absolutely insane time so thanks for helping getting us do that and um i'm looking forward to connecting with you on a future show 
and spending some more time chatting. Oh, my God. Absolutely, man. You name it. All good. Thank you, Dan. Wow. Do you listen? I always talk about value. So, like, I'm not the roto guy. I'm just not the roto guy. So what do I do? I bring you the roto guy to make sure that you can get the knowledge that you need. Some people are signing up for leagues and they don't even know what kind of league they're signing up for. Then you find out it's a roto league and you're like, what's a roto? Like roto rooter, like roto roto, right? But we got you the information you need. Now that you know all about roto leagues, play the waivers, set your lineups, and check out our next episode about punting in category leagues. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Robin Marks. Join our free Discord community at BelieveInFantasy.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Believe in Fantasy. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts.